What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your co-host, Derek Larger, and with me again is Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing exceptionally well. Speaking of Bring the Juice, or Bringing the Juice, I should say, let's talk about Chris Ballard and the exceptionally fantastic move that he just made within the last half hour. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to get to that. Uh, we got a lot more that we need to cover, too. Uh, we're definitely going to make sure we get the... Uh, Colts news in here. Uh, just be aware for anybody that wants to skip over what we're about to go over. We're going to have, or we're going to talk about all the other uh, legal tampering news first or some stuff that was beforehand. If you want to move beyond that, just move forward in the video and make sure to look at the Colts section. There'll certainly be a lot of that, but first let's talk about the 15 players who were tagged uh, earlier today and last night before the, uh, franchise tag date was done so some of the big names that we have here uh here's the 15 players so we have Dak Prescott Derek Henry AJ Green Hunter Henry Brandon Sheriff uh Joe Thune Chris Jones Shaq Barrett Yannick Nagokoy uh Matt Judon Bud Dupree Leonard Williams Justin Simmons Anthony Harris and transition tagged was Kenyon Drake uh, Andrew, was there anybody on this list, uh, that surprised you that got tagged? I definitely think Dak Prescott takes the cake on this one. Yeah, for me, I mean, honestly, there are no surprises. I mean, uh, I look at the, the, the whole Dak Prescott, um, fiasco, if you will. I mean, from what I understand and, and don't quote me on this, I don't, work for the Cowboys or I'm not real high up in the NFL so I could look kind of foolish but from what I understand from the things that I've seen and read Prescott was offered multiple deals one of which was one that would surpass the Jared Goff deal from a few years ago in which I believe Goff was paid 112 million something like that either way um, he obviously turned that down because he wants more money Um, I totally understand I get it Um, Prescott you know, deserves to be paid substantially. He's played very, very well. Uh, but in terms of being surprised, you, you know, uh, this has been going on for, for Prescott and the Cowboys for the last seven months. And when you can't come to an agreement within a seven month time frame, that's sort of, that's sort of telling. Um, so I, I kind of saw this coming. Uh, and then as far as all the other players are concerned, um, I, no real, no real surprises here. Yeah. So now we get into the first Big trade of the day, and that was to uh, tight end. Uh, that was to tight end Austin Hooper, who officially got a deal done with the Cleveland Browns. Trying to make sure I get this number right. Yep, uh, officially reached a deal with the Browns with a four-year, forty-four million dollar deal with twenty-three million guaranteed, making him the highest-paid tight end in the NFL right now. Uh, what did you think of this trade? Did you think it was a good one? Yeah, I you, you know, uh, the Browns run a very unique offensive system. Uh, a lot of times they come out in a lot of two tight end sets. And so um, David Njoku and then I believe the backup at that point was Darren Fells. Uh, maybe they released him a few a few days ago. I'm not sure. But, but the Falcons weren't willing to pay Hooper and the Browns needed a, a second solid starting tight end to, to play with Njoku to, to help increase um, productivity within that system. And so I think this is a, a great trade for Cleveland. 
Yeah, I think it's a good one too. They didn't over they didn't really go crazy with the number. Uh it's definitely a lot more uh for a tight end than you normally see, but it's definitely a good uh pickup for the Browns, another weapon for Baker Mayfield to have. And then obviously after that happened, the 49ers locked up a long-term deal with Eric Armstead. I believe it was a five-year deal worth $85 million. John Lynch was trying to keep that defensive line intact with that one. And now the trade that left the Twitter universe in just shock. It was coming out of the AFC South, the the, uh, Houston Texans traded the, uh, at first the, trade was is that the Texans were acquiring uh David Johnson and I actually tweeted when I saw it saying that uh this offense for the uh for the Texans is going to be lit this year well maybe not so much now the Texans actually are sending DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick to the Cardinals for running back David Johnson a 2022nd and a 2021st fourth so Basically, the Texans just tra- get traded away a probably the second best wide receiver in the NFL at the moment and a fourth for a rundown running back, a second rounder this year and a fourth rounder next year. They still don't have a first rounder. They still don't have a first rounder. They have two second rounders now, I believe, and they still do. And I don't know if they have a third or a fourth now. I mean. And this is coming out of the AFC South. Now, Colts fans were really, really happy about this for obvious reason. We don't have to see DeAndre Hopkins twice a year anymore. What was your reaction, Andrew, when you saw this? Uh, I thought it was fake. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. um, it, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you, you had said it, Derek. DeAndre Hopkins is far and away. I mean, the guy pretty much catches everything. It's like he's got uh, what's what's the material that you put on your gloves when you when you want to catch everything? Some sort of stick'em material or something. Yeah, stick'em, I mean, some kind he, of glue or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he Hopkins is just. I mean, his numbers and, and productivity speaks for itself. I mean, this is a phenomenal. Phenomenal trade for the Arizona Cardinals. You trade yeah. away a running back in David Johnson, who, you know, and, and this isn't really an indictment on him, but he, he's sort of been a shell of himself over the last couple seasons, and yeah. he hasn't really played well. Um, granted, he, he, you know, two or three years ago, he was, you know, considered among the, the league's best running backs, but but as of lately, he's sort of taken a, a downhill uh, spiral, um, and, and the Texans, you know, as you you had said, Derek, I first looked at that trade and I thought, well, you know, that's that's a solid piece. You know, maybe they'll trade a third or a fourth round pick. And then as it you know kept coming, the news that is, um, I, I sort of just I, I had to I ran in and and you know was jumping up and down and was talking to my brother and I thought, dude, you're not going to believe this. You got to look at this. And he you know he yeah. he thought it was fake too. And I just um, you know Colts fans everywhere obviously are excited because we no longer <laughs> have to play DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Um, I know I said on yesterday's podcast that the Texans are the gift that keeps on giving uh, and the Jaguars might be a close second. I take that back. The Jaguars are nowhere near where the Texans are at right now. I take that back entirely. Bill O'Brien, please. I mean, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm calling Bill O'Brien and inquiring about trading for Deshaun Watson. Give him, give him, give, give Bill O'Brien some peeps and maybe a fourth round pick. And I guarantee you, he would trade away Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, I mean it just it's ridiculous. It was kind of funny because I'm thinking now of the kind of sense how Ohio State fans feel about Coach Harbaugh 
for Michigan, it's the same way that I'm feeling about Bill O'Brien right now. It's like, you know, this guy's supposed to be this smart guy that's supposed to come in and make things better, right? Well, he's making everything worse for the program. And in the words of Nick Wright, this is a move that only Bill Bryan could do. I mean, to trade away one of the best wide receivers in the world, a guy that is easily at the top of his game, and you don't even get a first rounder for it. Jalen Ramsey got or two first rounders and a and a third, I believe. I mean, good Lord. You're telling me Jalen Ramsey got worth that much, but DeAndre Hopkins isn't worth at least a first rounder? Oh, my gosh. And, and yeah, this is a total steal for the Arizona Cardinals. Their offense is basically going to include Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and Andy Isabella. That is some very good uh, weapons right there for Arizona compared to what they had last year. Uh, yeah. So apparently there was the news that Deandre Hopkins was unhappy with his contract that he had, uh, which was three years, 40 million remaining. Uh, and obviously it just seemed like Bill O'Brien just wanted to get him out of there, but good Lord, you definitely could have done more for that. It is kind of funny to think though. I mentioned Jalen Ramsey, uh, Jalen Ramsey and Deandre Hopkins are once again in the same division again. Yeah, that's funny. You, you say that now, Derek. I, that didn't come to my mind until until you said that. That's really interesting. Um, as you said, massive, massive deal for the Cardinals. Major, major W on that front. Um, another thing I'd like to point out, just from a personal perspective, I really like, and I know the Cardinals record-wise weren't all that good this year, and so maybe they weren't as watched, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But I really like Kyler Murray. I think the Cardinals have yeah. found their franchise guy. I like their offense. I like uh, Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach, and they just added a major, major, major weapon, which now allows them to address with the eight overall pick uh, an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman to help protect Murray, which is what I thought they were going to do anyway. But now mm-hmm. if they had any sort of second thoughts about maybe taking a receiver instead, that's off the board. Uh, yeah, it, job by the by the Cardinals front office. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it basically was even with their record being as bad as it was last year, you saw glimpses of what this offense can be behind Kyler Murray. And obviously that defense certainly has the capability of getting some sacks uh, with Chandler Jones and that secondary is still really good. Um, yeah, they, they, they were just lacking an offense and now they have Kenyon Drake, who is a, a, a decent dual threat running back. You have obviously one of the best wide receivers in the game in DeAndre Hopkins. You have a young offensive-minded head coach. And now they can officially say that they're going to draft a left tackle in the first round this year because now they don't have to worry about receiver. Now they can worry about that offensive line to protect Kyler Murray. Things are starting to look really good for Arizona compared to where they were. And now you got the Ravens trading uh, tight end Hayden Hurst and a fourth rounder to the Falcons for a second and fifth round pick. So basically the Falcons traded away or uh, let Austin Hooper walk away uh, and are now getting Hayden Hurst instead uh, and a fourth rounder and are giving up a second and fifth rounder. Did this make sense to you, Andrew, to give up Austin Hooper and just to replace him with Hayden Hurst and a fourth rounder, but you're basic, you basically let Hooper walk and you're also giving up a second and a fifth. I think this is a fantastic move. 
uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, now, it's not one that you necessarily, you know, jump up and down about. However, that being said, um, they let Hooper walk, you know, obviously, because uh, they didn't want to pay him. And you get probably, you know, you look at all the Baltimore Ravens tight ends. Mark Andrews is phenomenal. Uh, Nick Boyle is up and coming. Uh, and then you had Hayden Hurst, who was just taken a couple drafts ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's very, very young. He's a very solid uh, pass-catching tight end. And, and I think he'll fit uh, Atlanta's offensive offensive system quite well. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I didn't think much sense of this, honestly. I thought it's kind of a lame move. But uh, when it looks at the money that Austin Hooper wanted, I guess I can understand why. Um, all right, so moving on to some other guys. Some other guys that aren't uh, haven't left their respective teams yet, but could possibly happen. Uh, Tom Brady was pitched a aggressive uh, offer by the Bucks. Uh, certainly appears to be interest from the Bucks. Uh, nothing has been reported of that yet. Uh, Stephon Diggs basically has been on Twitter a lot today, basically stating that uh, it's time for a new beginning and that things are going to change for him here soon. So it looks as though uh, Stefan Diggs is on his way out, seems to be, but there's still not much action there yet. Uh, Todd Gurley's name has come up in trade talks. Uh, we're certainly interested in seeing that. Uh, and also Jason Pierre-Paul basically re-signed with the Bucks for a two-year $27 million deal. Uh, certainly something uh, interesting there. And then make sure that I move on. And now we get to the biggest one. I guess I can't even say the biggest one of the day because I don't think people are going to consider this the biggest one of the day. But we now move to the trade of the day for us. And that is the 49ers trading Pro Bowl defensive lineman DeForest Buckner to the Colts for the 13th pick in this year's draft. You basically get a... Uh, 25-year-old defensive lineman who's going to be 26 come tomorrow, uh, has had 19 and a half sacks over the last two years, is a pro bowler, like I mentioned. Uh, he's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL right now. And give, they are now giving him a what is appears to be a five-year, $105 million extension. Uh <laughs> Andrew, I mean, Colts Twitter's blowing up about this right now. What was your thoughts when you saw this pop up on the screens? I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, this is sort of what you and I were talking about a little bit off, off the air or off the podcast, I should say. Um, within Chris Ballard's tenure, obviously excluding an hour ago, uh, we've never seen him make a move like this. That has never been his MO. He has always been short-term kind of prove-it deals. Um, but I will say, and I know I mentioned this yesterday, I was fortunate enough um, to be invited to cover the NFL Combine uh, as part of uh, an internship for, for my college that I go to uh, here in Indiana. So I was up front and center with, with Chris Ballard, um, and I was at his press conference, and he had mentioned multiple times how he'll never stop investing in the offensive or defensive lines and that when you run a Tampa two uh, defensive system, the three technique or interior pressure is what drives it home. And if you can't yep. get interior pressure, uh, you're going to struggle. And we saw that last year with, with the Colts, uh, a grand total, if I remember correctly, uh, three and a half sacks for all interior defensive linemen for the Colts last year. And for a lack of better words, that ain't great. So 
Um, this is a fantastic, fantastic trade. I know some Colts fans are a bit skeptical about trading away the first round pick. However, I will say this, two things in mind, uh, for me personally, at least one, the Colts have two second round picks and plenty of young ascending players to potentially trade if they would like to trade back up into the first round. And two, and I know this was, this was mentioned well before the, the DeForest Buckner trade, keep your eye on Philip Rivers, uh, as yeah. a potential fit for the Colts moving forward. Um, now, obviously, that's more of a stopgap. Maybe they like Phillip Rivers to come in and teach to Kobe Percet. Maybe they like a quarterback better in the second round than they would like a Jordan Love or Justin Herbert or maybe somebody that would have been available at 13. Um, personally, I was really high on Love. But after seeing this trade, um, I know for you, Derek, addressing the three technique in the offseason to his, in some form was your number one priority um, massive, massive trade, massive deal, five years, 21 million per year, a total of 105, I believe, a million. I don't know what of that is guaranteed, but um, those are the details on the contract right now. I think this is all around a great trade for both sides. 49ers get a, a solid first-round pick, and the Colts get a proven 26-year-old defensive stud. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Ballard said this locker room is ready for a big-name free agent, and holy crap, was he not lying. I mean, this is huge. I mean, and, and you're right. I said it uh, a week ago that defensive line was the biggest issue that I think the Colts need to address right now, and they certainly did that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly interesting just to see how this is all playing out because, you know, we've never seen – like you said, we never seen Ballard do something like this, and it's certainly huge. And Buckner just being the stud that he is, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and watch the film on this. But even for a guy that's a top five in his position at an important position like that, uh, $105 million over five years certainly is not a uh, is a pretty reasonable contract for something at this position. And what people have been saying is, is Buckner is basically – what Javon Kinlaw or Derek Brown uh, hope to be in the NFL. When you look at the 13th pick, which is what we give up, you had to think of what the 13th pick represented, right? What you had is, is the most of them thought Jordan Love and Justin Herbert are going to go in the top 10, right? Or in the picks leading up to them. So you never know if uh, you're going to actually be able to get who you want with that. And, Obviously, the Colts seem to think that they wouldn't and they didn't want to trade up. So what do you do with a 13th pick if you're not going to be able to get the quarterback that you want without trading up and you don't want to? Well, you spend that 13th pick on a guy who is at the top of his position and get where you would normally have spent that 13th pick to begin with. I mean, the 13th pick for a guy who is one of the top three best players at his position is actually a very good, reasonable deal. I mean, this is actually really incredible that we were able to pull this off. I mean, you're right. It's going to be interesting to see what the guaranteed money is on this pick. Um, you know, with $105 million, my only guess is that it's going to be, it's probably going to be around $70 uh, million is my guess. Probably 70 to $75 million is what my guess is going to be the guaranteed. So, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I'm super excited for that. Um, I mean, now that we've seen, um, now that we've seen what the Colts did there, uh, we've all heard the 
talks of Philip Rivers possibly, you know, getting uh, interacted with that. Uh, that, from what I hear, is only a matter of time. Um, do you think that Amari Cooper is an option for the Colts right now? I know he didn't get franchise tagged. He's on the open market. I mean, is that an option that you think the Colts might pursue? Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't think Chris Ballard is anywhere near uh, done from from potentially making another big move. Um, he has spent the last three years building this culture and a well-structured locker room. And when he was asked by several folks reporters um, a few weeks ago if they were ready for a, a big-name free agent, uh, he said yes, which is the answer that they obviously weren't expecting um, from what you, know, you and I had just previously, uh, previously spoken about. But um, Amari Cooper is going to command a lot of money. Keep your eye on somebody, from what I understand. Um, keep your eye on, on Nelson Aguilar as a potential fit. Frank Reich was with him in Philly during their Super Bowl run. Yeah, He knows Philly's offensive system quite well. The Colts' offensive system, although has its differences, is an entirely different. So he would be a good fit schematically. Um, I know he's had some issues with, with catching the ball, which for a receiver obviously is a major problem. Um, but you have some excellent personnel in Indianapolis um, to potentially help coach Aguilar. And then on the Cooper side of things, to sort of flip back to your first question, Derek, um, is that Mike Grove, who I believe coached him at Alabama for several years prior to Cooper being drafted, is now a part of the Colts uh, teaching staff, or staff, I should say. So that could potentially be a big incentive for Cooper to come uh, to Indianapolis. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for anyone that's wondering what Cody's thinking about this, uh, be sure to check out his video. But he told me to tell you all that he is super ecstatic. Uh, he was just like Andrew and I when, when we saw this pop up on our screens. We were jumping around just like wondering what the heck is going on. So he's excited just like the rest of us are. Um, and just a couple more things uh, here to end this video. Uh, just another couple things to mention that the Giants are making a strong push for Blake Martinez and the Raiders are signing former Bears inside linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski uh, to a three-year $21 million. Uh, and then we have uh, the Browns have made another move with Jack Conklin uh, heading to Cleveland on a three-year $42 million deal with $30 million guaranteed. Uh, and a couple other small moves along the way to re- uh, to basically – uh, cancel out these uh, the first day so far. Uh, some other, more stuff will probably happen here before this video ends. But I mean, basically, what we can take from this, Andrew, is this: the Texans basically have gotten rid of uh, DeAndre Hopkins for little to nothing. The uh, the Titans basically overpaid Ryan Tannehill, placed Derrick Henry on a tag, and have gotten rid of their right tackle for uh, future reference uh, in Jack Conklin. So he's gone now. And the Jaguars basically have gotten rid of just about everybody here recently. I mean, does it not feel amazing to be a Colts fan right now to know that in the span of a few days, you re-signed Anthony Costanza to a two-year deal. You released Marcus Hunt. You uh, retained the rights to Doris Fountain and now just signed a top three defensive tackle to a major deal. Does this not just just seem amazing to you? Uh, it's fantastic. It's it's a great day to be a Colts fan. It's a great day to be a fan of the NFL. Um, you know, I, I've been 
fortunate enough to to learn the the roots if you will of how, what being a journalist is all about that's what i'm in college for 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 those of you that don't know my focus is primarily in sports journalism so i've i've done a lot of time uh, or spent a lot of time i should say covering the nfl it's my favorite sport um it's really the only sport that i cover and i wouldn't want to cover anything else because there's nothing like the nfl um but i mean yeah it's it's a great day to be to be a colts fan it's it's a great uh, it's a great day. I mean, I, I, as you can tell, Derek, I, I'm a bit speechless. I mean, this trade is just it's an exceptional trade. Um, yeah. You know, I saw yeah. something on Twitter just a, a few minutes ago that said that it pays major dividends to to have a GM that's as smart as Chris Ballard is. And boy, that statement couldn't be more true. I mean, he is uh, he he's exceptional. In three years, I mean. I think one thing I will say as a Colts fan, um, and I think that some Colts fans should maybe consider looking at in terms of big picture, Chris Ballard has been in on this building for the long haul mantra since walking into the door three years ago. He he never came in and said that he was going to spend a ton of money in free agency. He was going to make all these trades and spend all these first round picks or trade up for first round picks and then spend them all on big time players. He has said, I want to build from the interior out. I want to build a culture that is going to play hard for each other, play hard for the fans. And that will eventually one day, um, hopefully sometime soon, bring a Super Bowl back to the city of Indianapolis. And I think he's keeping that promise slowly, but surely Colts fans trust me when I tell you, trust us when we tell you trust the process. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this podcast. Andrew, thank you again for coming on and doing this with me again. Uh, Cody uh, Felger, we'll make sure to get him back at the end of the week once he's done with his stuff. Believe me, he's hopping around dealing with all this uh, legal tampering stuff just as much as Andrew and I are. We'll make sure to get Andrew back on at some point soon, too, to get his uh, feelings on the rest of legal tampering and free agency start. Uh, Obviously, a lot to do in the first day folks and it feels great to have this sports content back also real quick andrew we got less than a minute here uh nfl announced that the nfl draft is most likely not going to be postponed but everything else is going to get canceled and they may find a different process to do uh do you like this move by the nfl i love it um obviously with the amount of technology that we have at our disposal it's a good move um obviously people won't be there in person uh because because of the the COVID-19. However, um, the show must go on, and I really look forward to the draft come April. Yeah, same here, man. As long as nothing else crazy happens, I think we're good. All right, Colts fans, thank you so much for everything. Uh, let Let us know what you think of day one. And as always, go Colts!